Welcome to the Saltwater and Honey podcast. This is a podcast about infertility, miscarriage, childlessness and faith. We love to hear from you, so do come and find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and of course our blog saltwaterandhoney.org as we love to get messages from you. Now this week's episode... Lizzie, yeah. you don't have me, sadly, no. but you have the gorgeous Dave, your husband Dave. I know, bless him. He he agreed. You know, I wore him down, and he said, "Okay, fine." No, um, he he was obviously <laughs> very felt very privileged to be asked to be part of the podcast, and um, and on it we yeah we shared a bit of our story of um like miscarriage and the impact it's had on our relationship over the years Um, it was super helpful just so you know and you must encourage Dave as well that um (laughs) having listened to it and I love how much he he gets the weight of taking my place on the podcast yes (laughs) yeah yeah. come through (laughs) but it was so helpful just how honest you both are um and talking about really really difficult times as well and how you dealt with them like was it helpful talking these things through yeah I like I always worry when we do sometimes when we've done stuff um with saltwort and honey like some of the speaking events that we've done often like he'll come out with something and I'm like I didn't even know that you (laughs) thought or felt that way um because he's not he's not the most talkative of uh of husbands um but there were no massive surprises (laughs) which is good um but no he did he did really well and I think there's like it's well with with a lot of the experience about like infertility and miscarriage um a lot of the focus is often on the woman and and Mm -hmm. I think there's different ways in which we experience it and there's there's some kind of primal physical desire to have a carry a child I think that that women kind of grieve through and with miscarriage especially it's it's the physical pain you go through it's just it's just you but um it's just great like if we we always talk about that having like the male voice um mm. because it is often quieter or if, if not silent in these stories uh yeah. so I think it's great we need to encourage more guys to get talking yeah yeah and um- well done, Dave. If you're listening, yes. yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I do think Dave had some great suggestions, including uh, where I get to uh, just give a whole running commentary on anything he's saying, <laughs> which I think I'm just going to take on board for life now. <laughs> yeah, director's cut. Um, yeah, yeah. No, Dave. Um, Dave said this. Sheila rolled her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He, um, I think, like he'll be pleased to hear that you approve, and um, hopefully, you know, he might get invited back. Um, yeah, and we we might let him and Ellis do a whole takeover. They could have their their own episode just to sit in silence together and, yeah. and say a few words, like literally a few words. <laughs> it would be like, yeah, just just in their presence, but not necessarily <laughs> articulating anything. Or maybe unless they do something, um, you know, whilst they're talking, it might help bring out a bit more conversation. You know, like guys have to do something often. Yeah to get the conversation flowing and I love that I love that he he was able to articulate his own experiences of your grief and and it's in a very different way so um Mm. for those of you who are going to listen to the episode now uh enjoy it is really really helpful um especially if you haven't been through miscarriage as well like it just gives you a really brilliant insight um and if that is your experience we hope that this will help you uh feel 
less alone so thank you lizzie thank you dave pleasure hopefully there'll be like stuff if you've not gone through it there should be a little crossover as well um of similar struggles yeah yeah so enjoy this week's episode hello and welcome to the salt water and honey podcast um, this episode, actually, I do not have Sheila by my side, but instead I have Dave, my husband. Hello, Dave. Hello, Lizzie. Are you excited to be here? So excited, but uh, just very aware that you're less excited. Have you uh, listened to the um, Marriage and Infertility podcast? You could kind of tell that uh, Ellis and I, as husbands, are very much second best to uh, Lizzie and Sheila's blossoming friendship. And uh, there's always a bit of, you know, disappointment that it's just us. <laughs> but... Yeah, it. I mean, it, yeah, it's a shame. It's mm-hmm. a shame that um, Sheila isn't with us. And obviously, um, we've got a, a chair next to us that's empty, just mm-hmm. to remember of um, um, absent friends friends. whilst we record this episode Um, although even we don't have a Sheila with us obviously we miss Ellis as well we need to say that that is worth saying that yeah Um, we don't have Sheila with us but we do have Betsy our dog now um, Betsy had a little operation today and she sat between us and if you hear groaning uh, during the recording it's because she's just coming off the painkillers and just coming round from being um put under uh today so she's not good with pain she's not she's wearing the cone of shame um and she's feeling very very sorry for herself right now (laughs) yeah she needs to be close but um she's not happy so yeah we'll just see what happens yeah yeah uh so today um this episode again is about uh our experience of um miscarriage infertility and childlessness and the impact it's had on our relationship on our marriage and so um for those of you who don't know a lot of our story hopefully um we'll be able to retell it as we as we talk um but Dave to start with when we first got married uh I think we'd been married just less than a year and then I got pregnant and and then I miscarried. Um, could you explain to me what that felt like from your perspective as a man? As a man. As a as man. A man. Um, I mean, also, I don't know what it would feel like if I was a woman. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. As from so from my perspective, um, I think the thing that always sticks in my memory when I think back to that kind of first miscarriage is actually before it how naive we both were um we didn't know if we should have kids or not at that point because we were not earning that much we kind of had entry-level jobs so it's all that kind of stuff we did the maths and or I did the maths That's, yeah I don't I can't add up yeah so. okay so I did the maths and yeah. I was like oh we can't afford this uh <laughs> talked to my parents and they were like oh there's never enough money it's never the right time just go for it so we went for it my mum though she was worried that we were in too small a house she no was like where are, you, where are you gonna put the push chair yeah um but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that uh, was the least of our worries, really. But yeah. So we were literally thinking, will we have enough money for when this kid comes along? Because you have sex once, then the baby comes, and that's just it, right? And and literally, we only ever had sex once. Once, yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> like we were, yeah, literally that naive, and it just shows how much it, this stuff, infertility and miscarriage, was just not talked about because no. we just didn't consider anything else would happen. 
so when you got pregnant we were all like yeah this is amazing and we did that thing that makes us wince whenever we see it now which is just to immediately tell loads of people and all that kind of stuff and um just you know just didn't think anything about it and just thought everything was going to go okay and then uh then there was like the spotting and the cramps and it was still like well that's a bit weird but we'd not done um pregnancy before well no we hadn't no um so First we were like time. this could be just what happens we didn't know you didn't um, expect anything to go wrong do you you don't know like we're not particularly anxious people no no we always kind of assume the best gonna happen yeah. generally um so we're like oh that's weird um and then it actually happens and 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 actually i don't think i really believed it had happened for a while i was like you know maybe we've misunderstood mm. maybe this is you're still somehow pregnant like there so there's a kind of like there was a bit of a denial bit um until it kind of sunk in and then i think the best way to describe what happened next was that essentially probably neither of us could process it and so we just didn't we really just, talk about it well no i mean we'd been we'd not been married that long um and we didn't know anyone else really that had had a miscarriage and we we didn't know what to do with what had happened so we just we just went to work didn't we mm-hmm. and didn't really talk about it i i know i felt sad at times but i i just tried not to dwell on it but we we didn't talk i don't think we talked about being sad no. together i don't remember no i think like yeah trying not to dwell on it was probably exactly where i was at mm. um i remember again stupid thing I did was signed up for this online thing like what size is your baby now oh the baby center thing yeah and so after it happened I got this thing through saying oh your baby is now a grape or whatever um and I was just like furiously unsubscribing and just trying to I think honestly trying to pretend that like this hadn't happened Mm. um I remember almost feeling embarrassed to kind of have to tell people in my family that yeah this had happened and we felt really silly for telling people in the first place that Mm -hmm. we'd just presumed Mm -hmm. everything would be okay like there was that innocence that came with it Mm -hmm. um and yeah we just it kind of happened and we just moved on and I never like I never thought that we wouldn't get pregnant again I never thought that we still wouldn't have kids it wasn't oh yeah no this is like a blip if anything yeah well no I wasn't even processing it that enough I was just blocking it out yeah it was Um, like like we wouldn't yeah we didn't go around we didn't tell many people yeah we didn't talk about it yeah do you know what like now looking back this is so stupid but I remember at least one more time I signed up for the what size is your baby thing again I think it was just like an act of hope or defiance that this time yeah it's gonna work out all right I know I did I've signed up for it at least twice I think Mm -hmm. yeah during the Mm -hmm. times I got pregnant um we we had a miscarriage and then a year later I got pregnant again Mm -hmm. and had a miscarriage uh and a year later oh no less than that Mm -hmm. I got pregnant again and had a miscarriage we had three miscarriages Mm -hmm. and we had a little rest of not being able to get pregnant for a year and a half which sent me quite psycho um no (laughs) (laughs) um and then Uh, we got pregnant (laughs) in total we got pregnant another three times so in total like i've had six miscarriages Mm -hmm. um dave 
as the miscarriages went on, like, how did you react to that? What shifted in you, do you think? I think from uh, the first to the sixth, um, what developed was the people that we could totally be honest with and talk through and would kind of end up holding our hand through what was a very scary process Mm. we got very good at fighting the nhs to get the care that we were supposed to be getting that took a while because i think we're Mm -hmm. both naturally quite passive and we're like oh they know what they're doing we'll just trust them Mm -hmm. you know if we're not meant to have that test or Mm -hmm. maybe the appointment will come through at some point but it just didn't and yeah but if you're thinking about by the end of this whole process we are fighting our way to see who we know is the top person in the country mm. and like um by any means necessary we find out the ways through like compared to where we were at the oh, start totally. yeah because at the start you got that classic thing of like oh this happens to everyone it's not a thing we won't even investigate it until there's three or whatever uh so you know we took that on board and, oh it's not you know all that kind of stuff um and actually there are there are still a lot of people who uh, don't like to talk to us who've had a miscarriage because they kind of don't want to face up to the fact that it could be worse. They don't essentially want to have the story we've had be through the mm. thing we've been through. Um, and actually, I think, again, that shows one of the big changes for us is we've integrated this into our story from the first one where it was essentially going to try really hard to pretend this didn't happen and yeah. not think about it to actually by the end integrating this and telling other people about this and um you know raising money for miscarriage research and you know etc 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 like this um in a way kind of letting it define us but in a really healthy way I think yeah I mean it may surprise you to hear that we weren't uh this well adjusted uh when we first got married um (laughs) I don't know that we're well adjusted now. No, we're still not. We still have many issues. Um, but like, how how would you say miscarriage affected our marriage? That tiny squeak you just said was Betsy <laughs> lamenting the wound on her. Um, she just wagged her tail. Sorry, what did you actually ask me? I, you, see, he listens. The listening's really important in a relationship. To, <laughs> it's very important to listen to your wife. And agree with her. It was the, the do- question. The was, dog was in pain. Oh, <laughs> too much compassion. You have none. <laughs> She's wagging her tail now. It's fine. Um, so the question was, Dave, mm-hmm. how would you say marriage has impacted or affected our? How do you? How would you say marriage affected our marriage? I mean, miscarriage affected our marriage. Miscarriage. Too many M's. Miscarriage affected our marriage. Yes. How did miscarriage affect our marriage? marriage. It's (laughs) not. It's not a chance. It is. Um, (laughs) It's a tongue twister. Uh, So, it's one hundred percent made it um, stronger and deeper. It's we've had to learn how to talk about the really difficult things. Mm -hmm. We've had to learn how to survive difficult things, and um, you see. Some couples, when the kids get older and start moving out, there's kind of nothing left of their marriage anymore because it was all about other stuff. Um, And for us, I feel like we've had to find out what just our marriage is about because we were going to go through the normal stages Mm. of life and that didn't get to happen. And so then we had to figure out, okay, what is it about just the two of us? Yeah. 
Would you say that that was a smooth process? No, that was not a smooth process. (laughs) (laughs) I was amazing. I was so calm. You're the model of a husband, perfect husband. Graceful, (laughs) loving, just unshakable rock. Mm. You were a mess. (laughs) I thought I handled it very well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you... Any particular low points that you want to bring to light for the for, for our listeners? So for the listeners, <laughs> um, what miscarriage did for us uh, was what any rough patch could do for any marriage, which is where you figure out a whole bunch of stuff, like your families had different ways of communicating, and that's how you learn to communicate. Mm. You have very different personalities and different expectations and they don't match. Um, and, and when life's kind of going smooth, you don't notice a lot of those things. But when it's difficult, wow, you notice those things. So I'm a bit of a thinker, bit of an internal processor. Really? I had not caught um, to that. Yeah, I, I, I am suspicious of the emotions. <laughs> and, and you're you're more normally a... so articulate with how you feel. I am. It just takes me two days. Yeah. You, you're more of a feeler, uh-huh, <laughs> more uh-huh. of the moment. Y- yeah. Like what's going on right there? I like to feel my feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is true. <laughs> yes. So one day, um, uh, f- some older friends of us, um, I don't mean that old because they might be listening. Uh, <laughs> just chronologically, they didn't marry longer than us. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was not. Um, kind of offered to give us a little bit of advice on kind of working through some tough stuff when it got really bad because mm. it did get really bad at one point. Yeah, I. We we were it wasn't good to hang out together. Mm-hmm. We we weren't good company for each other. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a while there. <laughs> for quite a while, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think when you're hurting, you need help and support and love. You don't know exactly what you need, but then when the other person that you live with is also in pain, you can't really give each other what you need or even begin to understand like you're just trying to deal with your own mess aren't you yeah yeah completely um and um i think you kind of almost naturally get quite selfish because you, your resources are down and you're like i just need what i need right now and this other person's not helping what i need yeah and actually it was i think i feel like one of the massive breakthroughs for us was that realizing oh we need friends outside of this marriage yeah like the marriage on its own is actually not gonna ever be enough I, yeah I couldn't work out that you didn't know how to help me feel better without uh-huh. and that you I thought you should if we were married you should know instinctively like how how to help me feel better and you didn't and I didn't know I just thought because you and my husband that like you just I don't know you download it when you get married or something it, mm-hmm. yeah my uh the family I grew up in who were awesome specialize in sarcasm and (laughs) showing affection by insulting each other that's not how my family communicate love (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit of a scarce thing so uh like yeah so that that doesn't help (laughs) turns out (laughs) in certain circumstances yeah surprisingly um yeah like uh I, i remember um i when i was going through the losses of miscarriage i I really struggled uh, with 
just feeling sad all the time. Up, And it took until my fifth miscarriage to realise that was grief. I didn't realise I was grieving. Um, and that you could grieve something you hadn't met. But I just constantly felt like there was something wrong with me because I felt like I was more emotional than you. And that you thought I was too emotional. Because you probably do and did at times. But that, that that there was something deeply wrong with me. But also um you you never for a while like articulated that you were sad and so it just made me feel like more uh lacking in some way or that I wasn't coping well that there was something wrong with me because mm. I thought you were coping with it better if you um want more of an insight into this moment uh, there's a, a blog post I wrote when very near the start of when we started Saltwater and Honey called Stronger uh, or Strong um and essentially what was going on there was i believed that what lizzie needed was a really stable person who's really level-headed who could keep everything calm could do all the stuff i really liked it if i could physically help out and drive around pick things up all this kind of stuff and um and so i kind of felt my feelings quite quick swallowed them down and then kind of suppressed them in order to help Lizzie and it just it was really genuinely not part of my thinking that actually Lizzie needed to see that I was as upset as her and I think the other thing that was happening at that time was because Lizzie was going through something physically very painful she kind of had to physically survive at first kind of get through what was actually happening to her body um whereas um pretty much straight away I knew what was happening especially as it happened more and more I was like it's happening again and so I would start to feel the grief almost straight away but Lizzie was just in survival mode and so it was kind of like our grief was out of sync by sometimes a matter of days Mm. and there was a kind of a bit of a grief clash going on there so I was starting to synthesize it and and deal with it by the time that Lizzie was just starting to feel it and she's come out of anesthetic and 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 mm. things like that. I do remember shouting at you to cry and swearing at you. Oh, I vividly remember that yeah, little shouty angry. match. <laughs> but then when I shouted at him, he cried, and it was a lot better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, would you where would you describe was the real low point? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the really low point in our relationship through all this. When when do you think that would be in your mind? In my mind, um, so we had. So I'm a, a kind of a vicar. It's complicated. You are a vicar. Well, it's complicated. Uh, and uh, I'd been at Theological College for a year. Lizzie had obviously had moved up with me. Um, and at the end of that first year, uh, it we had, in storytelling terms, what you would call the all is lost moment. Yes. <laughs> the bit where it doesn't get any worse than this. It was like... You desperately wanted to move back home again. Uh, you hated everything about our new life. You hated where we were at. Um, if you listen uh, back to Sheila and Ellis talk about their experience of infertility, 
their worst summer was also our worst summer. It was a yeah. wonderful thing, but we didn't know each other yet. It was no. amazing. We were having the worst summer of our lives at the same time without knowing each other. It was great. And then we, we met just after. We called it the summer of hell. The summer of hell. Yeah. Um, so when you've got no money and a long summer, because it was Cambridge terms, um, and you're starting to hate each other, and it looks like there's no future because it's looking like you can't have kids, because if, when you're not miscarrying, you've got periods of infertility. Um, then... Yeah, that's, I'd say probably that's the kind of worst moment. And yeah. we, was it then that we went to, to the wonderful Dave and Heather for a bit of uh, advice on how to, to be married and not kill each other? Yeah, well, basically, we, we had a lot of counselling. Now, mm-hmm. Dave, what would, what's your perspective on counselling? What would you say for all the men out there? Yeah, right. So I know Lizzie. <laughs> what? That's her... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> that's her... Her tone of voice in that question is, there's a very specific answer you're going to give to all the stupid <laughs> men out there who don't like cancelling and no, they don't like cancelling. <laughs> I'm not, men are not stupid. They just need a bit of help sometimes. But no, like seriously, we get a lot of people through Saltwater and Honey who email us um, because they're struggling in their relationship and a lot of it is to do around learning how to communicate when things are difficult. Like we mm-hmm. talked about, like yeah. it's when life's easy, yeah. you don't have to talk so much. So we've had this conversation with friends as well. It's really common. Uh, women are often a lot more keen to go to counselling than men are. Um, and uh, we went to a professional grief counsellor who specialised yeah. at um, the wonderful uh, Petals, which is growing and growing now, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, specialising like pregnancy, loss and trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, that was such a gift and really superb and then our friends Dave and Heather who talked us through the more general how to be married and not kill each other stuff <laughs> which is wonderful and actually like if I'm being totally honest the way I, I found it was it for us it felt like Lizzie needed kind of 12 sessions where I needed like three and that's not a comparative judgment thing that I think that's just our different personalities but those three that we had together were just so invaluable Mm. and we kind of we figured out some stuff that we couldn't have done if there wasn't a neutral third party in the room and um you know uh and it it just kind of eased a lot of the tension figured out where some of the places that we were misfiring yeah Um, and it just kind of calmed the whole thing down so that we could start to heal again and start to get together and then uh come in Dave and Heather to teach us some fun exercises like do you you remember when you said this I felt this (laughs) we learned how to argue in a super wooden way (laughs) yeah like a very strange way but it really helped it really really helped um and it's it's really called contending I wouldn't call it arguing we're Um, contending for the best versions of each other yeah yeah uh yeah a lot of the time, I think we we were talking, but the other person was hearing something else. Yeah. Um, and and also, I think when you're in pain, you kind of want to hurt people around <laughs> you, and like you are the nearest person. I knew it. Um, <laughs> you're just angry, so mm-hmm. you know life is not what you looked, what you hoped it would look like. And also, and that's hard. yeah, and emotional regulation just isn't really a thing in those moments. No. You're exhausted and you're emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, so, yeah, I think we have had to learn how to communicate with each other. Yeah. We're not always great at it still, but 
uh, it definitely has made our marriage stronger and I would always recommend counselling mm-hmm. and I remember when we came back from I think the first counselling session together you Dave you said everyone should do counselling yeah, yeah. Like you were like blown mm-hmm. away by how helpful it was. Yeah, it was really, really um, helpful. Which was so good for mm-hmm. me as well. Yeah. Um, to know that you were you were equally up for it. I think uh, friends of ours who I'd say personality wise have got some similarities. They found a similar thing in that he, you know, he only went for a few sessions as well, but found those few sessions really, really helpful. Uh, and she'd been for more. Um, so it's definitely something we recommend. So. I'm going to flip the script on you, Liz. I'm going to take oh, control. What? So, so far, we've some of the lessons we found that helped us get through the periods of infertility and the miscarriages yeah. were um, getting some counselling. Yeah. Getting your friends involved, including yeah. having friends beyond the marriage. Surprisingly, Dave does not complete me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every... <laughs> Disney film lied. Um, like when something it. happens, it's really hard. Every time you watch something with a happy ending, you're like, yeah, that's not right. Like you just <laughs> become really cynical. Um, but yeah, you don't complete me and that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, you need more than each other. Yeah. This much is true. Yeah. Well, so, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> that's all right. No, so I was just thinking, you know, uh, people who are listening might be going through the same thing. Yeah. You know, we, we can recommend counselling. We can recommend... Uh, having time with friends, I think time apart from each other with friends, um, mm. also like a, a biggie. Um, learning to communicate well, albeit even a little bit wooden, um, really kind of helps. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really it's a really difficult, stressful thing to go through, um, like miscarriage and infertility, and like on the kind of stress levels, it apparently it's between like cancer and bereavement. And so it, you can't, don't downplay the, the place that you're in, I would say. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's literally, there's a scale that uh, psychologists use and it's got a number um, that does, yeah, place it, like Lizzie said, between uh, cancer and bereavement. Like it's a, it's a serious, serious thing to go through. Mm. And it's not helped by the fact that we're, it's still, still taboo. It's getting better. Uh, but it's still not really talked about. Um, and actually talking about it is just one of the main things to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, we we need to kind of draw to a close scene. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's actually been about six years since the last miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And we still don't have children. We have a dog who is currently kind of moaning she's next not, to us. She's not good with the pain. She's not. She's not. She's very sensitive. Very sensitive. <laughs> um, those six years, like, have not been easy in themselves. Not that because we've had another pregnancy loss, mm-hmm. but we've also still had to keep working through what life looks like. Um, without children because we always hope we would have children and what do you think some of the challenges have been in our relationship without pregnancy loss but still without Without children children. yeah so (sighs) miscarriage is this really acute moment of pain and it will fast forward a lot of those lessons and a lot of the challenges, essentially, of whether this marriage is going to make it or not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some marriages do break up 
through these kind of challenges uh slowly and very slowly like year-long process um of realizing and waking up to the fact that you're probably never going to have your own kids now is different because there's no moment there are just moments of like realizing more and more of your friends have children now more and more of your friends have slightly older children now some of your friends children have are starting in high school and like Mm -hmm. and then you have friends one of the ones I found hard is some friends have children exactly at the ages ours would have been had they survived yeah Uh, and it's just this little reminder again of you should have been there but you're not there um and I find it hard, you know, when like you've married people, like Days of Vicar, like he's only got one wife, but like when you've <laughs> you have legally married two people, like I stand there in the big robes and say, <laughs> in your dress, will you stay with this person, blah, will blah, you stay blah. with this person, etc. And then all of those people you have married have had kids, mm-hmm. and we were married through all of that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's that as well. So yeah, we got to start some people off on this road and. They had it much simpler, and, <laughs> which is great. For yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it's very good. It it's great. very good. Um, and so, weirdly, it kind of comes back full circle to that first miscarriage where actually you spend a lot of the time just trying to bury that and not think about that because that's just a bit too painful. Um, but when it keeps happening, it keeps exactly happening. You're like, oh, no, this is us now. Um, and there's a lot of messiness attached to that that you never thought was going to happen when you're just not included in stuff of you know family rifts um grandparents not getting to be grandparents Mm. uh all kinds of horrible stuff that gets churned up and then um people asking all the time do you have kids why don't Uh, you have that lady at that party she wouldn't let it drop we tried so many ways to get her out of it yeah but why why Why? don't you have you would you like to have kids (laughs) in the future what what's wrong with you and it yeah like it's i think people think we're younger than we are because we've not had kids yeah (laughs) because we don't look so tired yeah i thought Um, it's because we're hot but yeah we're very hot so hot um no i (laughs) Like, I, I know a lot of the arguments we've had around it, or discussions contending, has been that you sometimes feel like I'm saying our life isn't good enough because we don't have kids. Yeah. Like, when I'm, like, lamenting the fact that we don't have kids and I'm struggling with it. That yeah. you And I think that sometimes makes you feel like you're not good enough, which is not what I'm saying. Yeah, it's this thing of... Uh really wanting to fix it and make it better and make this go away and being completely and utterly powerless to do mm. so that's the difficult bit um you you kind of there's still this kind of victorian idea that as the strong man you should be able to give your wife the life she deserves and in this you're completely unable to do that mm. yeah i think that's it a really significant challenge in miscarriage as well mm. is that helplessness mm-hmm. for the guy. You can't, um, yeah, you, you can't stop it. And then once again, like when you're grieving, you you can't do anything to stop that pain that the other person is feeling. 
uh, I think I still articulate when I'm struggling more and then sometimes I maybe find out a bit later that you have been struggling mm-hmm. and you didn't say. Yeah. Uh, which is always interesting. Indeed. And will probably continue to be a challenge the rest of our marriage. Yes. Um, but yeah. we are still married and... Would you say that we have... <laughs> We're still married. A better marriage <laughs> because of what we've been through. Yes. Like, 100%. I had no idea who you were <laughs> when we first got married. I had some idea. Like, I knew you. And we'd worked together and gone through bankruptcy together. Like, we'd, mm-hmm. we'd run a business that had failed and then got married. So we already knew each other quite well. Um, or I thought... And then... Yeah, it's like layers and layers and layers deeper. Yeah, yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, but through it all, I think we have a stronger and a better marriage than probably we would have had if we'd just had everything we wanted and things had gone smooth and yeah. all, all the rest of it. I, I, I still have this feeling that I'd be really annoying if <laughs> everything went to plan. We've, I, we've got this thing, like, I don't know if this is good or bad, but like... Um, like we obviously we're in the Christian world, and you hear these people preaching from time to time, and um, you know, explaining the Bible and all that kind of stuff, and and we get a very quick instinct as to whether this person has suffered or not. Um, so and, harsh, and we it's do, so judgmental. But really quickly, you make we're us like, sound bad. Well, I know there's, there's not, and I did say I prefaced it with I don't know if this is good or not, it's but probably not good. We do weigh it a bit, and it is a bit like you can tell when someone's been through something, and the the lessons they can give, and the insights they have, and the empathy they have, and the softness of heart, um, is is palpable, and it is worthwhile. And I like to think we've been able to help more people and bring more good because of the suffering we've been through. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, we want what's happened to us to to be redeemed and I think that is a really important part of our marriage Mm -hmm. and what we want to do as a couple and is to kind of help people learn how to talk about difficult stuff together Mm. uh I think that's yeah I think that's really significant um absolutely so Liz, do you think you might have me back sometime? <laughs> I don't know. I need to talk to Sheila about it. She'll need to listen and we need this may never go out. We don't know if she'll approve it. That's very true. <laughs> this could just be for us. <laughs> it might be. I mean, she may dub her voice over you. I don't know. <laughs> she might like just cut you out. Or just have like, like a like a director's commentary going over the top <laughs> of the whole thing. <laughs> this is when Dave loses track of his yeah. point. Uh, <laughs> if I yeah. was here, we'd be on track. She's just been bigging you up the whole time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was nice. It was good good to talk. Isn't it good to talk? Yeah, it's great to talk. And, you know, if Sheila does let you back, I'm sure there's more that you can talk about than that you have to offer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for now, we'll leave you there. We hope that you found this helpful. Again, if you want to get in touch with us in any way, if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like us to talk about, then you can contact us on Facebook um, uh, at saltwaterandhoney.community. 
I think. And or uh, no, .org. Or .org and through the blog as well, saltwaterandhoney.org. Um, so thank you for listening. We hope that you found this helpful. We just want to remind you that you are not alone, that it's okay to grieve and your story matters.